Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast every Tuesday and Thursday right here on the ESPN Chicago app. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Tell a friend to listen to the Bear Down Podcast. This is our last Bear Down Podcast before week one of the NFL season. Next week on Tuesday, we'll be previewing the game against the 49ers as well as Thursday and getting a look at that team and kind of how this team is going to look heading into week one. But the Bears made some moves here with the cutdown day and picking up some guys off the waiver wire and signing some free agents. So we are going to talk about that. I'm joined Joined by Tyler Aki. We were in for Cap and Jay Hood today talking about what the Bears did, hearing from Matt Eberflus, also hearing from Roquan Smith, who talked about whether or not he will have a contract extension negotiation talks uh, after the season or before the season starts here in about 10 days. So enjoy that, and we'll be back next week to preview week one. It's finally here, week one of the NFL season. Bears and 49ers, that preview is coming up next week. The Chicago Bears have made a few moves yesterday. Uh, when I was here with Cap yesterday. Uh, we talked about Alex Leatherwood. We had a few people call in about Alex Leatherwood and whether or not the Bears should pick him up after the Raiders released him. And the Bears did indeed pick him up uh, to play on that offensive line. And I watched him at Alabama. Tyler, he was great at Alabama. He was awesome. But that off that whole offensive line was great. And they may or may not have played against the best competition that year. You know, obviously they they played in the uh, college football playoff and he did see some run. But this is a guy last year who was penalized 16 times, a lot of holding calls, a lot of illegal use of the hands and whatnot. So it was very sloppy. Now, is he going to start? Probably not. But this is a guy who came cheap because the Raiders picked up most of that salary salary when they released him. So you have an opportunity now to a little bit of a reclamation project. He was a first-round pick, you know, a first half of the first round. So he is someone that you can maybe coach up a little bit and get something out of who when the Raiders uh, didn't want him. One man's trash is another man's treasure, right? And you look at the the timing of it all. I mean, he was a first-round pick last year. It's not like he was a first-round pick three years ago. He was a first-round pick six years yeah. ago. Last year and the quick turnaround there. And one of the other things that you brought up there is the penalties with him. And I think this is something that I have confidence in with this new coaching staff. What's one thing we've already seen drastic improvement in? Clean sheets. Yep. Not a lot of penalties. I think they had 13 penalties for the entirety of the preseason. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times did we see 13 penalties in a single game last year? I mean, or under Matt Nagy in general. So if penalties is your biggest downfall right now or one of your big problems, I think that's something that, especially for a guy who has only been in the league for a year, I think that's something that you can correct, give it a, a year, maybe a couple games, and he'll probably be a little bit better in that department. It is a little bit concerning, though, that a team just gave up on a first-round pick like right. that, right? But there like, was a regime change there, There too. was, and I understand that. But there was a regime change here, too, with Tevin Jenkins, and they mm-hmm. figured out how to make him work, right? And Tevin Jenkins is someone who has had injury history. Alex Leatherwood has not had that injury history. So if they can make it work with Tevin Jenkins, I'm pretty confident that they can make it work with Alex Leatherwood. Matt Eberflus met the media yesterday, and he talked about adding Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, so uh, just what uh, we've uh, studied. You know, we, we studied him on tape. Uh, we looked at them. Um, you know, the, some guys have been with them. You know, guys that were in Vegas last year. And we have a couple coaches on our staff. Of course, I know C- Coach Marinelli uh, c- used that as a resource. So, um, and we got nothing but good good reports. And we're excited to have them. And uh, 
you know, we'll see where he goes uh, from here. You know, it's a clean slate. It's a fresh start for him. And uh, we'll see where we start him at. Again, we're not going to disclose that right now. I'm still working with the coaches on that. Uh, but uh, it's a clean slate and a fresh start for him. What does this team like about Alex Leatherwood that maybe the Raiders did not? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, you know, when you look at him is, you know, he, that stands out would be number one is run blocking. You know, his run blocking is really good. He's got, he's got good balance when it comes to that. He can stick and stay on guys. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, that's what we like about him the most right now. And he's going to develop his game. He's a young player. He's a young player, and we got some really good coaches, you know, uh, to help him. You know, Chris Morgan's one of the best line coaches in the NFL, and we're, gonna, we're excited to have those guys paired up together. And like we mentioned with Tevin Jenkins and the development of him and moving him into right guard and what he's going to be able to do, does this, uh, the development of Jenkins allow them to have more time to kind of train Leatherwood the way they want him to be and maybe clean up some of those penalties? Um, Yeah, I think it just shows that we can, uh, we can, uh, don't ever give up on a guy, you know, and always, you know, always keep the door open for him and keep teaching him, keep coaching him, keep teaching him, you know, keep believing in him. And that's what we're, we're here to do. You know, we're here to encourage the guys along the way. There's a lot of adversity in football. We're here to challenge them. And uh, that's what Simo uh, does. He does that. And, and his, his, his uh, meetings are awesome. You know, they're open forum meetings. Guys, veterans helping younger players. He's helping the younger guys. And that's why you see the development in there as we've seen. You know, at guard, at left tackle, you know, all the way across the board. And we're going to continue to see that because he's a good teacher. Matt Eberflus meeting the media yesterday talking about the addition of Alex Leatherwood. And so now you have your offensive line. You've got some extra depth, which is good. Uh, you always need depth because it's rare that those five guys on the line are going to stay healthy. The, I mean, they couldn't stay healthy during the, the training camp. So right. it, it's rare that they're going to stay healthy the entire season, especially Tevin Jenkins, who has uh, back issues as a concern. He couldn't play most of last year because of it. So now you've got your offensive line pretty much set and some depth there set and now they look to week one and we're about 10 days away here from or no less than that we're about eight days away here nine days away here from having football on on september 11th so the other thing too is the positional flexibility you heard Iberflus not put a designation on him is he going to be a guard mm-hmm. he played tackle in college right and then you've got a guy like Tevin Jenkins. Is he going to play guard? Is he? It looks like he's going to play guard. But who knows what's going to happen with Tevin Jenkins? I think some people thought at this point he wouldn't be on the roster right now, um, given all that. And then you hear Lucas Patrick. He might play a little bit of guard when he comes back from injury. So having positional flexibility on a unit that across the board, across all NFL teams, you see a lot of injuries come down. It's good. Now, here's one other thing with Alex Leatherwood that I found interesting. This is from Ian Rappaport last night. The Bears were the only team that put a claim in on Leatherwood. Hmm. Now, part of that could be the salary that came with it. Again, yeah. he was probably the most expensive of the waiver claims yesterday. I'd have to look through the numbers of all that, but I'd imagine he was the most expensive. But it's still a smart move in my eyes because you're only on the hook for five point nine mil or five point six million, I think it is. You can get off of this after a year. Also, you've got the option, if it does work out, you've got the chance to pick up that fifth-year option down the road, too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, of, a lot of promising things, I think, that are coming from this move. Is it going to work? Who knows? That's, that's to be seen. But yeah. I think having the option to have a guy who was drafted 17th overall last year is good, more, more good than bad. And we don't know about any character issues or anything like that. No, he's got, I mean, he's always been a a great guy on and off the field as far as I know, especially with his time at Alabama. And, you know, you mentioned the the money there at the 5.9 million that uh, they're going to have to pay him. And the Bears had about $13 million in cap space that was supposed to go to Roquan Smith. 
That right. was supposed to be factored into giving him a new deal, maybe giving him a bump in salary this year, and then that's what you needed that money for. You also got to have a little bit of money just in case you got to pay guys for injuries and whatnot. But having that money there that you didn't spend on Roquan gave them, afforded them the opportunity to sign a guy who could be a decent depth piece or maybe eventually a starter if someone gets hurt on that offensive line. Speaking of Roquan Smith, he met the media yesterday as well and talked about the chance of a contract possibly at the end of the year. I'm not focused on that, if I'm being completely honest. Like, my focus is, you know, this year I can, and then I'll go from there. I don't want to, you know, look forward, to, look forward too much to the future or anything like that. I'm just focused on now having the best year I can with my teammates and going out playing the game that I love because that's what means most to me. And any chance he is in contract talks in the next few weeks here before they're not able to? No. No, I'm not focused on that right now. All right, well, that's it from Roquan. Uh, I mean, <laughs> man of many words. Yeah, I, I hope this doesn't uh, like linger throughout the season. I hope he's not asked about this all the time throughout the season. Like, oh, did you get a contract deal done? He's not going to. He's not going to get a contract deal done this year. I'd imagine, especially when you're self-represented like he is, negotiating in season is just that much more difficult. We see players with agents across all sports. They don't like to negotiate their contracts in season. So I, especially when you're, you're representing yourself, I mean, you want to get called into a meeting with Ryan Poles after every single practice or after every other practice. No, you don't want to do that. That's just a pain in the ass that he doesn't need to take on this year. I don't think something gets done between now and the end of the year. Who knows? Is, is it going to be a franchise tag deal next year? Are they going to come to some sort of resolution? But I think he's going to have his chance to, to earn his money this year. And I think more likely than not, he does. Yeah, I mean, the problem with the franchise tag is you just kind of piss him off more right. at that yeah. point, right? I mean, he's going to get $18 million. That's the franchise tag. That would be around the franchise tag number, so it's decent money because I think we all assume that that deal would be 18 19 maybe even at, at the highest range of $20 million. Well, that's the, that's the interesting part, too, because when you look at Roquan, he would be one of those players who would be, what is it, the top three you take yeah. the average of? Mm-hmm. He would be one of those guys who would be going for a contract that is around top three. So for him, it doesn't really look like a, a bump in pay. For a lot of these guys, the franchise tag is a bump in pay. Oh, it's yeah. just you don't get that one. You only have the one year of security there as opposed to the three, four, or five of a contract extension. For him, his deal would be in that range of the 18 to 20 million, whatever the franchise tag would land at. So yeah. He may even be taking a pay cut as opposed to if he were to get a, a true contract that he's looking for. Yeah, I think he absolutely would because I was fine giving him $20 million over five years. Give him $100 million. It's a nice round number. It probably looks good on, on paper for him. But he didn't like whatever they gave him minus the de-escalators. And now this is your Bears team. This is your 53-man roster. I mean, the depth chart is pretty much set. There's no questions about who's going to start a quarterback this year for game one. So now that the dust is settled, 312-332-3776, you've got the Packers, you've got the Vikings, you've got the Bears, you've got the Lions. Maybe I listed them in that order for a reason. But where do you? how do you see this division shaking out? You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000Chicago. You can tweet us at Adam A. Abdallah or at Tyler Aki underscore. That's right. It's underscore. At yes, the sir. End. Not the middle underscore. The no, end no, no, underscore, no, at the end, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The end underscore? Mm-hmm. Why the end underscore? Um, Was there already a middle underscore? No, no. I have been uh, sniped on every single just flat out Tyler Aki. That's what I would prefer okay everywhere except for tiktok and venmo oh okay so well, um now we know you if you throw your venmo out there yeah, yeah, while you're yeah, at we it can, you we might can as well right venmos, why not <laughs> um, so yeah i've been sniped there and i i don't like anything like in the 
in in the username, and I think that like the underscore at the end is the most non-discreet of okay. all of them. So I, I that's fair. With that. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't want to go with Adam A. Abdallah. My middle name does start with an A, so mm-hmm. it works. Uh, but there is an Adam Abdallah, and that's the worst. And he never tweet. I found him. Yep. He never tweets, and every once in a while he'll DM me and be like, "What did you do? Who did you piss off?" <laughs> Because he's getting all this stuff from people. That's awesome. And because they just they just assume it's at Adam Abdallah, not Adam A. Abdallah. And so every once in a while, it's like once a year, maybe I'll get a DM from him and be like, what did why? Why? What did you do? He opens his Twitter like twice a year. And I'm like, just give me the handle, man. Yeah. But then I would have to change everything because now I'm at Adam A. Abdallah cross, uh, cross platform. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Snapchat. I feel like you need to buy the Adam Abdallah handle from. No, I'm not you paying can't, him. You can't buy. You yeah. I'm not paying him. See, I, I've got. We'll crowdsource the funds. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. just Venmo, just Venmo, Venmo Tyler, Venmo, yeah, Venmo to <laughs> to bump Adam A Abdallah. So the the Tyler Aki, this guy's I think like two or three years older than me, so he okay. just got to all the usernames before me. Oh. But he's 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 just he's a flid. For those who don't know, I, I'll, I'll let you Google that. What is a uh, flid? Look it up. Oh, um, you youth. He, he, uh, he was a club lacrosse player, I think, at Florida State as well. Farmer-led irrigation development? Nope, I was nope, going to nope. say the same thing. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Oh, yeah, I see it now. You know what it is now, Shane? Yeah, I see it now. You know now. what it is? See, you know what I'm talking about. I can't say it, right? I, I can Correct. say parts yeah, of it. I can correct. say three of them. Um, but I can't Stupid say Stupid or physically one. uncoordinated. That's ah, what we'll go with. Okay, I gotcha. I got gotcha. you. So, uh, yeah, that that is a that is All what right. I'm dealing with there. All right. Well, three one two three three two three seven seven six. How do you have the division shaking out? We are one week away from the NFL kicking off, uh, and so the Bears are what like nine days away. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. How do you have this division shaking out? We'll tell you how we have the division shaking out when we come back right after this. <laughs> Abdallah, Tyler Aki in for the guys. Follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah at Tyler Aki underscore. Finding a lot of people tweeting us that saying that they are a few people, not a lot of people, a few people saying that they don't have the handle that they want. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Like in a perfect world, you get your first crack at it. But you know, what's funny, too, is I think there's like two Tyler Aki's in the world. (laughs) And this guy just snipes me. And he takes it. Yeah. And for those wondering what a flid was, it is a blanking Long Island douche. Yeah. You can say those words. I can say three of them. You can say three. Yeah. yeah. I say you can say blanking. Yeah. Okay. It works. It works. Don't effing. lose the you license. You can say effing. Yeah. You can say effing. There's okay. many ways to dance around it, Tyler. We were told to not lose the license today, Abdallah. Oh, I yeah. Think, weren't those your parting words yesterday? Yeah. Well, that's what the, yeah. Yeah. And welcome to the big leagues. Uh, so 312 <laughs> How do you think this division is going to shake out between the Packers, the Bears, the Giant, or the Giant, the Vikings, and the Lions? If we look at the odds on FanDuel to win the division, Green Bay, the obvious favorite, minus 155. To win the division, the Vikings next at plus 240, the Lions at plus 950, and the Bears coming in at 12 to 1. A lot of people pessimistic about what the Bears are going to do this year. I tend to disagree. I think they're going to be decent. I think that this division is going to be Pretty decent as well with a lot of teams, the Vikings, the Lions, and the Bears. All around seven, eight wins. I'm not high on the Vikings. I'm not as high as some people are on the Lions. 
and I'm higher on the Bears than most. And the Packers are obviously going to run away with it. If you look at the win totals for the year, the Bears on FanDuel are still at 5.5. Some places you can get 6, 6.5. But on FanDuel, they're at 5.5. The Lions' win total is 6.5. The Packers' win total is 10.5. And the Vikings' win total is 9.5. So for me, the way the division would shake out, Tyler, is I would still go Packers 1, Vikings close two and three to the bears like it's going to be a toss-up between the bears and the vikings i think okay. and i'll believe it when i see it with the vikings yes. i'll be with, or to the with lions, the lions yeah. i'll be late to the lions party i listen you can believe in all the hype you want to i still don't like their quarterback i'm not a big fan of their coach you want to believe in the in the uh hard knocks hype or hard knocks curse which i believe it in yeah so mm-hmm. to me the Lions, they could still win six games or seven games and still have a successful season. They were the third best team against the number last year, meaning they covered the third best. They were in a lot of games. You remember watching, if you're watching the red zone late, they would always go to Lion games late because they were in those games. So for me, that's kind of how it shakes out. The Packers by far yes. class the division still, no doubt. unless Aaron Rodgers has a catastrophic uh, injury or whatever. And then obviously it's up for grabs. But until then, and hopefully that doesn't happen, I wish an injury upon anybody. But until then, you've got, to me, the Bears and the Vikings are still kind of neck and neck. And then you've got the Lions right after that. I still have the Vikings comfortably ahead of the Bears, probably by like two, three, maybe even four wins. But I'm with you. I I have the Bears at third in the division. I have the Lions at fourth. Like, I'm right there with you. I am going to be late to the Lions party. I'll believe it when I see it. The, the Dan Cam- I mean, they're a meme team right now. That's what they are. Yeah. I mean, Dan Campbell can <laughs> have his... Can, they, Dan a Campbell can mean have... girls out there. No, meme team. Oh, meme, meme team. Yeah, they're a meme team. Meme team. Yeah, come on. Get with the youth. All right. Um, but th- that's a team that they have their cute little catchphrases and stuff like that. And, and Dan Campbell is going to bite this and bite that. But at the end of the day... That's a college-driven narrative right there. Like, yeah. that's Dan Campbell would work in college football. Absolutely. I, and he'd work for like three years at like Iowa State or something <laughs> and then go take a real job and then flounder. But in terms of the NFL, like that stuff doesn't work. And the hard knock stuff is something that every year I feel like people fall trapped to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean... Look at the Colts. They got the in-season hard knocks last year Ugh. and lost to the Jaguars to close out the seat. Like every single year, it's this hard knocks hype, and then everything yeah. just comes to a screeching halt. Yeah, and I just I can't trust Jared Goff. I nope. can't trust him. He's not. And you know, you can say anything you want to about Justin Fields or whatever. But when those two teams play, the Bears are going to have the better quarterback on right. the field. So if it's a close game and the Bears have the ball at the end. I'm going to trust the better quarterback if it comes down to it. Four minutes left, whatever you've got, each team's going to get a possession. I trust the Bears because I trust Justin Fields and what Luke Getze can scheme and what I've seen in the preseason to make them a better team than the Lions. I also don't like uh, Kirk Cousins at all. Right. I don't think, like They've got great weapons. Justin Jefferson's awesome. Like mm-hmm. They have great weapons. But to me, the Vikings are still a problem because of their quarterback. And I, I think that maybe right now Kirk Cousins is better than Justin Fields just because of game experience and, mm-hmm. and whatever. But maybe by the end of the season, we see Justin Fields take that next step and we see him make that improvement and we see that last game of the season against the Vikings that on the field, if it does mean something for the Vikings, that the Bears actually might have the better quarterback at that point because Justin Fields has made such an improvement. Because I think when it's all said and done, if they were both the same age or whatever and the same experience level, 
Justin Fields Justin is Fields a better, be better. Yeah. yeah, Justin Fields is by far the better quarterback. Now, they don't have the weapons that the Vikings do. You know, you don't have Dalvin Cook and you don't have Justin Jefferson running down the sideline 90 miles an hour. But I'm still taking the better quarterback. I say, I agree with you. They're not as good yet, but they're right. To me, I think they're a little closer than you think. Well, I think the offensive line situation is better in Minnesota. The mm-hmm. weapons situation is better and I just think the sum of the parts right now is better in Minnesota. Now, I think here's one thing that I'm I'm intrigued with the Bears this year. Are they going to be one of those teams who is going to be really good in the first half against the spread? Because they're going to come out well-disciplined. They're going to have a game plan. They're going to have mm-hmm. a scheme. But maybe you just have too many young guys that don't know how to play four quarters of NFL football quite mm-hmm. yet. So are they going to be one of those teams that is just going to be really frisky for two, three quarters, but then let some leads slip away in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter? I could see that being the case with this Bears team for a number of games this year. Like You talked about the Lions last year being really good against the spread. I'd imagine the Bears would be in that same category. They're going to play in a lot of games decided by seven points or less this year because they're well-disciplined. They're not going to shoot themselves in the foot with penalties and with undisciplined play. So I, I think it's going to be one of those teams that's going to be really good for three quarters. But once you get to like the seven or five minute mark in the fourth quarter, you might see the wheels fall off a little bit with this team. Now, as of right now, they are a favorite or they are a dog in every game except for two games where they're a favorite. Mm-hmm. The I game, think that'll change, too. I mean, right now what, it's the it's one Detroit game, the Detroit game at home and then the Houston game, I want to say at home. Yeah. yeah. So week three against the Texans at home and then the Bears. Uh, when is this game? It is week 10 against the Lions at home. They are also a, fa- a slight favorite. Like it's the you still get three points at home. But really, right. if you dig into gambling, like they shouldn't be getting three points. So as of right now, they're a three point favorite against Houston and a three point favorite against the Lions. Now that could change. They're a seven point dog at home to the 49ers who have a court who has a quarterback who hasn't played real professional football on a competitive level. He played what a few games last year. Yeah. But other than that, he hasn't played in two years. He sat out his entire, they had one showcase game for him uh, before he was drafted at North Dakota State. But in, other than that, he hasn't really played a lot of football. So you're, I think you're catching the 49ers at the right time. So that could be a win for me, or at least a cover for me. So I think, yeah. mm-hmm. I think you're right, because once you get to the later half of the season, although the second half of the season, week 10 on, Lions, Falcons, Jets, and then you've got some big ones against the Packers, the Eagles, and the Bills, where they'll be most likely a significant underdog in those games if what we think is going to shake out.